0: Welcome, y'all, to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon.
1: All right, howdy, 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 all you tail riders out there! Welcome back to another episode of Black Hoof Saloon. This is Eric here. I'm with Tom and Brian. As always, you, did you like that one, Tom? Tail riders?
2: Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. Yeah. It still doesn't measure up to my favorite, but. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's going to be hard to 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 beat uh, Bush Rangers.
2: I agree. <laughs>
3: I don't know. Tail Rangers gives a definitely a Bordello vibe to me. Uh,
1: that's why I I thought Tom would like that one. The innuendo.
2: Every, everyone thinks that I'm the the one with the messed up mind here. Listen to all you people. Oh, Bordellos and. Uh, well, you you
1: are the pimp.
2: That's true. Notice
1: I said pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> So we're going to break the usual a little bit in this episode, and we were talking about it, and we thought we'd do something a little special. Um, we wanted to make the actual, the whole episode kind of themed, and I think we're going to do Warrior Nation for the theme. So a lot of our segments in this episode are going to be geared towards Warrior Nation.
2: Yes. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> now i have
1: i have a little experience with warrior nation um you know i got a couple of the posse sets i got a bunch of the minis and i was trying them out basically trying to figure them out for when i would have to face them tom i know you used to play warrior nation right or was that your son you said that used to play my son
2: plays my son plays them
1: okay okay so So you basically played against them a lot
2: Yes, and they're they're in the house, and I'm looking at them right now. Um, Are you shaking your but, fist at them? <laughs> uh, no, they're they're fine. <laughs> it's all about it's all about the player, not the not the models. Okay, everything is perfectly balanced.
1: Yeah, and I know. I think part of my I don't know where I I came up, you know, the idea of let's pick Warrior Nation, other than you know I I have local players that try to play them and. For the most part, people struggle with them, I think, um, because they're very melee-centric. And there's so many shooty guys in the game. Right. But the other thing I wanted to do a little out of the ordinary is we're going to jump right into the, the Pony, Pony Express, Express Mailbag, mailbag. Bonanza. 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 Right now, in the intro. Because <laughs> we, yeah. got, we got some questions that uh, some of our listeners wrote in. They've actually been sitting on the... Uh, our Facebook page for a while, and I've been meaning to try to work them into the show, but I figured why not now? you know, and these were submitted by a listener, Andrew Nets. I hope I'm saying your last name right, Andrew I've been known to butcher people's last names, but he gave us a couple questions to ask us i I hope he you know we're not experts or nothing, but we can answer these the best that we can um well, Brian's an expert. <laughs>
2: of what we don't know but he's an expert he's an expert all
1: right so first question from andrew is what is something you played incorrectly for the longest time treasure hunter okay treasure hunter and that's like one of our favorite rules now brian
3: well because I didn't realize they didn't stack. I don't know if it was because of a rule change or not, but...
1: You know what? I think we were both playing that kind of the same time. I think it was a rules clarification on that. Right. Because um, I think I made a, a list at that time when they did clarify that, and I had two guys that had that ability in it, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, I'm getting all these extra cards. And right. Then, I
3: think we both did, and we were like, oops, we've both been doing it wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We should have known better. It was too good to be true, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know about playing wrong, but what I keep forgetting and screwing Oh, I guess that is playing it wrong. If I keep forgetting it and screwing it up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the increasing cost of fortune when you repeat the same action. Ah, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, here's a fortune. I'm going, I'm shooting again. Here's another fortune. I'm shooting again. I'm like, oh, and then, then my opponent's was like, you can't do that oh crap that's right i can't
1: yeah that's (laughs) that's definitely a rule that's easy to lose track of as you're you know getting going and um i've seen people use different beads or chips or some kind of counter to keep track of okay i spent one okay i gotta spend two okay i gotta double that one now so they just you know having some kind of visual representation of it helps them remember i guess
3: yeah battle hammer uses chips and stuff to to designate like how many action points
1: action
3: from points. your card so yeah they, it's almost like if they spend it to
1: to use it it's a good idea to keep track i i'm sitting there standing up to, with my hands in the air and i'm counting okay i can use this point for that action these two points for that <laughs> that's what i do and I, I i lose track doing that i should start using some kind of uh, token or something i mean we. The three of us still have uh, all the old tokens from first edition, and I used the little star badges a lot to show who activated because they stand out so so well out there. I'll either yeah, put them you- by the guy or on the card. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a uh, a rule. Uh you know what? Probably being an enlightened player and the rule changed. You know got tweaked ever so often you know like every time they did an update probably when i bring back all my my dead things for the enlightened because i know it changed a couple times where you could use it but you couldn't use the taint check and you know i probably think it would be that one i mean both the rules you guys stated i know i've played those ones both wrong too i think i'm gonna go with that one I, th- I think I do it right now.
2: Well, I have I have an update for you since, you know, I have agreed that I will work on, um, you know, hobby stuff as we're recording. And as I'm cutting my very first spike off the sprues, I've already managed to lose a piece. Oh, no. Uh, and they are so many little friggin' pieces.
1: <laughs> learn from Brian, look behind the desk.
2: Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> they do bounce. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, let's go on to another one that Andrew sent us. So he wants to know what is something you wish was removed or wasn't removed in the game. Uh, I'm not sure if he means like a a rule or an ability or something, but kind of something that we wish wasn't removed or we wish was removed.
2: Ah, the Enlightened. I hate those guys.
1: Oh, man. That hurt, Tommy. (laughs) Man. I'll put some ice pack on it already.
2: <laughs> um, hmm. uh, I don't know if there's a particular rule or unit. I'll tell you what: there is one rule that I hate, and and it and it's such a a core rule, and so many models have it, and it drives me up a wall. I really dislike the quick and the dead. I really, really dislike that rule. I I, I find that you know if I have a unit of, of Ten hands firing on your guy, and you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna quicken the dead that. And I'm like, oh, ten ten guys just didn't fire at you, like <laughs> like uh, I, I really really dislike. Well, it works that.
1: different now for for hands. If if the guy's facing the hands, like a a unit like a face, yeah, I could see why you would hate that. But yeah, with hands, it works a little bit different now.
2: Uh yeah, they they changed it a little bit so that it it takes away the number of uh like of hits. hits yeah. But in my experience so far, it pretty much takes away everything. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I I just find it one of the most frustrating, like gotcha, kind of rules uh, drives me up a wall. Okay,
1: okay. It's that rule. Not, do you get anything that you um, let's see, wish. So you don't like that. You wish that was removed. It was removed or wasn't in the game. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. I'm reading this question wrong. Um
3: uh, <laughs> you got anything, I, Brian. I don't like the idea of the younger the youngers no longer being on foot. Because we have the models, so they they got rid of the card and so it was like all the people who used to have those those couldn't even use them. Mm-hmm. Uh but since you know 1.09 Stuart did add those cards back so we could use them yeah uh, but that's one thing that I'm not looking forward to is if when the if they come out as mounted options in a posse box if we lose the ability to use them on foot yeah you know I'd rather we have both options you know because especially with Robert is uh, a melee guy yeah with with daggers and him using daggers while running around on his iron horse just seems weird.
1: Ah, uh, let's see. I have a rule that I don't really like in the game, mainly because everybody that I play, and and myself included, we usually forget this rule. So it's almost like, why bother? Is the yeller checks? We never really even think Remember of to use them. Use them. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if. A lot of times it's like if you do have those large units where they're getting just massacred by whatever big nasty boss or creature out there that we don't even have to think of it. You know, we never have the opportunity to use it. I'm not saying that it's a useless rule, but we just never use it or remember to use it. So I think that's one that I, I'm not a big fan of.
2: Uh, I've had that. Used on me, where the my opponent has reminded me ah. that oh, you got to take a yeller check, and I've lost my gatling gun guys because of it. So if if you remember it, it can actually be a big can be a big deal uh, if you remember to do it. Yeah, you know, on, uh, I I didn't remember to do it. My my opponent did. So, <laughs> Um, and, and it sucked but that them's the rules yeah and you know that's uh i i i think that it 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 can i, I get what you're saying it's a tough one to remember to do yeah but i i think it's actually a very impactful one
1: mm-hmm. uh, do you think it's if you remember to do you think it's over power or like too powerful type thing where it could swing the it game could, too could, much
2: it could yeah. be. no i mean it, it when when you think about it, to take a yellow check you you've your unit has pretty much been decimated already anyway yeah, that's true that's true so you know when you think well i'm i'm salty that like oh i lost my my gatling gun guy well, that's because i had my guy set up so that my gatling gun guy would be the last one to die yeah um you know so he he wasn't long for the world in any which way but you know if you get get another round of shooting you know i'm sure my opponent was happy to not have to have another round of gatling uh, guns coming at him so okay. you know it can be it can be impactful if you remember it
1: yeah that's i guess that's the key is to remember it put a little
3: well, and also there are other key uh, abilities that some of your bosses have that actually make them worth having on the table if you remember that rule right the, yeah. uh, being able to use your boss their mind to do the yellow check oh, that's, that's true a too good boon if you have it so it, I, I have a feel. I like it. I I've, I've, I've never really had, a, I guess, a bad experience. I mean, when it when you make you fail your roll, I mean, it sucks. But it, I've, it's never turned the game. You know?
1: Okay. Okay.
3: Because it's usually a hand, and when I play lawman, I have only have a couple of hands anyway. Yeah. So if it happens, that unit was already Pretty much probably gone. Cool, cool like like tom said it, it, it really was whether the last guy sticks around or not yeah
2: <laughs> come on skippy uh, I mean, that, can do it though where, where it right. makes a difference is if that unit was holding an objective yeah that that's where that's and that was the case in in you know the one time that i failed my yeller check was that unit was holding an objective and all of a sudden, that unit's just gone. And you're like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> you know? um, but, but, it, but it wasn't like, like oh, that's a stupid rule. It was just like, wow, that really sucked a lot, stupid coward guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that, 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 that was more what it was like.
1: All right. So he's got some more questions here for us. He wants to know, it's kind of a two-parter. He wants to know, what is one unit you feel is overcosted and then the second part is undercosted overcosted costed mm. well overcosted you're going to probably i can't think of any at the top of my head but
3: there's a, quite a few i mean there are some that are you know when you look at them they, they when you compare them to someone else in a different faction there's a lot of models that you would you look at them and go why is he that much but someone who does something way worse in a different faction mm-hmm. is 40 points cheaper, you yeah. know, and then, you know, and and some of it is because of, I guess they weigh different abilities mm-hmm. and some abilities over time have been seen as super powerful, but then have been nerfed, but the cost evaluation for having that ability hasn't been adjusted. Okay. One of which is stun. So stun used to be worded to where, like the entire unit gets the stun. Yeah. Well, now it's it's just the model. Well, when they changed that, they didn't change the the cost on the card. So when it was really badass, stun was so powerful that the cost made sense. Well, yeah. now that that's not what stun does, you still have all these stun models that are overpriced because stun is not as good as it used to because it only affects the one model that you're hitting. Yeah. But. Stun used to be great crowd control because you would hit one model in a unit and the entire unit would be affected.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So now that they don't do that anymore, it's it's they haven't adjusted that cost, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good explanation of it. With I mean, because it's kind of hard to pick just like one unit when you look at like abilities like you did, Brian. It's a little bit easier to say, okay, these guys with stun. Okay, how much do they cost? You know, it's easier to say, yeah, these guys are kind of expensive now, whereas before they made sense. I mean, I feel that way about Doctor C. You know, I used to use him all the time in first edition, and now in second edition, I just I don't like using him because he's not his abilities aren't as effective anymore.
3: Well, his blunderbuss got nerfed. Yeah,
1: and it just he feels like he's he's too much. you know, cost of points to, to lead my posse when there's other bosses that, you know, may be about the same price range, but their abilities are more effective. Right.
2: And, and that's where when you say something's over I don't think there's any units in this game or many units in this game that are just useless. Yeah. But what ends up happening and when you see people post their lists up and things like that, they're, they're all pretty similar. And to me, that means that there are certain units that are just clearly head and shoulders above other units. Um, one I'll toss out there are gun dogs. There are way too many dogs, in, especially in lawmen posses, because frankly, Gatling guns are super powerful. Yeah. And you can just mount cheap Gatling guns on dogs. And, and that just becomes a, a mobile, very powerful unit um, that just doesn't cost very much. No. Um, no. So, so to me, I think that those are ac- actually uh, under-costed because uh, of the proliferation of them. And I think that's where you can make a pretty good judgment on, you know, what, what really has a cost that's out of line with uh, its power is what, what's a unit that just never gets left off a list? What's a unit that if you said, hey, we're going to have a tournament and I want you to bring your best, everyone's going to show up with, with gun dogs in a lawman list yeah, um, yeah. And, and in a lot of other lists it too really because – but a lot of people do. And, and that's because they they are re- very, very strong for their cost. You know, that's one that jumps out to me right away uh, in my mind is like, hey, cheap Gatling guns that can run around the field. Awesome. You know, so I don't know in, in some other factions, what do you see? Where do you see the same models showing up in, in and out of every uh, posse? Mm -hmm. and i I think that's where you say wow these are the things that maybe maybe the cost needs to be looked at what are the models that never get taken you know there's always models where you look at you're like yeah it's good but
4: uh," yeah
2: you know the the cost just doesn't seem just doesn't feel good feel good about it you know i think that's where you really kind of need to look at those kind of things
1: okay right all right one more for our mailbag here and andrew asked what is our most anticipated release for 2020 i think i can say that we kind of got it i always look forward to it every year is their con exclusive model last year we got you know a little sneak peek into lost world and year before that was nakano and this year we got teddy on what what did we say uh tom the other day a, a teddy raptor instead of a teddy bear yep <laughs> so i think that would be mine hopefully you guys weren't gonna say that because i kind of stole it
2: <laughs> so Mine's i'm not fun. oh you go ahead brian no i'll let you well, i was gonna say i'm not sure because i don't know what's happened to the schedule now with um with uh the coronavirus and yeah and how it's affecting different parts of the world and everything I'm not sure what the release schedule looks like. Um, I've been chomping at the bit for Iron Horses for a long time.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I was hoping that they were going to come out this year. Uh, I'm not so sure that they're going to. And they're probably not going to come out uh, probably till Lost World comes out, which I'm not sure when that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, next year. S- next year? Yeah. So. Yep. so uh, picked it the next year. So what the plan
3: is, if they can get up and running again, right? So if the UK unlocks their restrictions soon enough, we'll see uh, they've already teasered several Lost World Exodus single models Mm -hmm. and the Nautilus box set. So those are at least far enough along that they've they've showed us the box art and they're saying, hey, these are going to come out sometime this year, then things kind of slow down. So the goal was have those released during the year, kind of like they've been doing with some of the other Lost World Exodus things they've released. Is like it's kind of a combo. It's like, hey, here's some stuff that you can use in Wild West Exodus, mm-hmm. but it's it's basically to throw chum in the waters for Lost World Exodus, which was supposed to come out this year, but they pushed it back because Dystopian Wars got pushed back.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So that's one of the reasons they pushed it back even farther, is because they they want the fall release to be dystopian wars. So that's their goal. And as long as they can get things back up running, that they're going to try to stick with as much as that as possible. Yeah. But that's also why they're not telling us any other stuff, right? Cause they already committed to a little bit of stuff that they're wanting to make sure they don't change that.
1: Yeah. As much. Yeah. They don't want to so, get too far out ahead. And like you said, things would change and,
3: Anything. The, the thing I was looking most forward to is the the next order posse set. Okay. Which is the the character uh, they introduced. Uh, it's like something callous, or uh, I probably butchering the name, but it's the one where it has very spike looking faces in the group, and one of them has like eagles, and. One of the models has like a attack raptor or a bird of prey kind of thing, and then mm. the other one has like dogs. Okay. So that kit and it was something like the hunted of hunters of the taint.
1: Oh yeah, I do remember.
2: I remember now.
3: I, I
1: remember you <laughs> say yeah, hunters taint. of the taint.
3: <laughs> like, Hunt or some taint. taint. Hunters of the tainted or something.
2: Wow. <laughs>
1: Does that come with a bar of soap? <laughs>
2: Wow. <laughs> we'll send the bushrangers out after that one
1: <laughs> none of the tail hunters.. <laughs> oh, oh my god we're so bad
2: <laughs> sorry I'm like a friggin nine year old <laughs>
1: alright well that's gonna about do it for our mailbag bonanza here thank you Andrew for sending in some questions You guys want to send in some questions. Could be anything. Could be what's our favorite ice cream to eat at midnight. We don't care. Just, you know, drop us a line on the email or, you know, these ones that Andrew sent in, we got off of the Facebook page. So if you go on there, I have it pinned to the top, a little questionnaire. You know, you can submit questions in that thread. But I think that's going to about do it.
2: I'm currently feeling the double dunker by Turkey Hill, so a coffee ice cream with some chocolate uh, brownie and cookie dough bits in it. It's Delicious.
1: Well, well I kind of think I know why. Before we hit record, you were saying that you're putting on some weight.
2: No, I've dropped weight. I've dropped weight. Dropped weight. Okay. Okay. I've 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 been fighting the urge to eat that kind of stuff. I've dropped seven pounds since quarantine started.
1: You, get, you you getting swollen?
2: I'm, well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm the opposite. Of, I'm getting the opposite of that. What's yeah. the opposite? Shriveled? Getting def, def, deflated? Yeah, deflated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, de- I'm deflating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's going to be about it for our babble in the beginning. Let's get into our smoke wagon today and in theme with our wear Nation. Go ahead, skin it. Skin that smoke wagon and see what happens.
2: Listen, mister, I'm getting awful tired of your... I'm getting tired of your gas. Now jerk that pistol and go to work. I said throw
1: down, boy. All right, guys, we got Smoke Wagon Showdown for you again this episode. And to go with our theme that we were talking about, Warrior Nation, we're going to look at some something, a model that... I think we've been needing to do her for a while, Brian, and I think we're finally just now going to jump into her.
3: Right. So she made, she made the, the short list when we first started yeah. doing the showdown, because she has a really iconic way of presenting her in a showdown. And then once we started doing the showdowns, we're getting a lot of positive feedback and suggestions of who should we do next, and then... Some of the releases kind of triggered us to, oh well, we need to do this one.
4: Yeah, and yeah. so we
3: just kind of like moved on. And and then uh, Eric and I were just chatting the other day. We're like, hey, what, which one we should do? And we're like, we both kind of like at, all, at the same time was like, you know, we hadn't done, you know, was no. looking at. And he was like, dude, it's still on the list. We just <laughs>
1: Yeah, and she's one of those those popular models, you know, going way back. That for some reason we just didn't do her i mean i see her in almost every warrior nation list so yeah we're gonna actually talk a little bit about her fluff too in this this showdown because who we're gonna pit her against is her darker side from the dark nation
3: so that's one of the most unique parts of some of the lore of the game is is walks looking she has a very cool backstory She's the the daughter of the main leader of the Warrior Nation, uh, Ghost Wolf, and she she's another natural leader, right? And of course, in the fluff, you know, she's blind, but the the Great Spirit gifted her with sight through the spirits. That's mm-hmm. so why she's got a, she's got her eyes covered, but she can still see, and she's seeing with the aid of the Great Spirit because her she's attuned to the Great Spirit in such a great way that she's able to do it that way. And I'm going to I'm going to pull up and see what her some of the blurbs in her.
1: Yeah, I always thought was neat is that she reminded me of like Daredevil from Marvel right. Comics, you know. In a way, he's blind, but yeah, he had that enhanced abilities that he kind of could see still. Right. Yeah, she's she's everybody calls her the the little ninja. She's like a little ninja out there.
3: Right. So she's a melee boss. So she's she's going to be heavy in melee. So one of the things that frustrated Walk's looking the most as she grew up um, amongst all the other warriors and ghost wolves, you know, being the super, you know, leader of their, their, their tribes was that she wasn't getting the true spirit forms. Right. She, she obviously was gifted with the spirit, but she didn't, she wasn't transforming like her father was. Yeah. Uh, so it was really kind of, frustrating for her so she started searching how to make her own mark so she started trying to find who her spirit animal was in the hopes that she could be a spirit walker like all the others and maybe pick up the wolf like her father or the hawk through meditation she kept getting answers and insights and that disturbed disquieted the elders as much as her newfound abilities were hailed as a miracle so she She started getting all these powers, but it wasn't what she was looking for. So she threw herself into protecting her her people. She was heroic. But she started having strange experiences and thoughts. She started having forgettable gaps in memory. And then she started, she she woke up drenched with blood in her mouth. So she started having these weird things where she's waking up bloody. So she started trying to find out what, what was going on, but it was difficult for her because she didn't want other people to know. So what, what was happening was she was being tainted, right? By the dark powers of the Hex. So several years she lived as this tainted creature. So where Walks looking fell to the dark side through the, you know, the taint of the Hex. Yeah. And she became Wikisance for years. So she was a corrupted living away from her people and became basically a leader of the dark nation. So ghost wolf obviously knew she disappeared. Right. And he knew that she turned dark and of course he's got to save her, Right. So he led a raid to try to find her. And eventually he does capture her, but realize that this is not, this is something wrong. Right. So with the help of Raven spirit, they seared her soul with the energy of the Great Spirit. But what was what happened is they couldn't heal her, but the Great Spirit separated the good walks looking from the evil, tainted walks looking. Yeah. So the searing of the soul and the split of the two left two walks looking. One was the evil, much more evil now, because of the good that was there while she was tainted is now. now
4: gone. Yeah.
3: So... Purified and restored, walks looking is is now, I guess, through a baptism of of tainted fire. She's now back with her people, but she's she's different, right? She's now different, and we're going to talk about what those differences are.
4: Okay, yep.
3: So the the first version of walks looking we're to discuss is the walks looking before falling to the dark. Yeah, that is the boss.
1: This is the boss card. All right, so let's look at Walks Looking, her boss card for Warrior Nation. She's human, female. Uh, go over the rest of her stats. She has a fortune of three, and she cost 160. She's unique. And then we got her stats. So let's look at her stats, Brian.
3: All right, well, she got quick six. She's got a mind of seven. She has a aim of zero, which basically means she's not throwing or uh, shooting any weapons. She has a grit of six. She has a fight of seven and a limit of three.
4: Okay.
1: Common rules. You got her pulled up, Tommy?
2: Okay. Well, she's got metal, the quick and the dead, largesse, target priority, trial finder, and agile.
1: Okay. She's got quite a bit of common rules there. Weapons. She don't have much to choose from there, Brian.
3: Yeah, no, she's just kind of like just the spirit blades. Um, so she's melee only. Um, the spirit blades have attuned and they crit to fatal. Mm. So attuned, as a reminder, attuned is where you, uh, the pierce of the weapon is half of the mind. So you jump up up to the stat wheel and you see she's got a mind of seven. Remember, we roll we round up, so uh, half of eight is four, so her spirit blades are pierce four and on crit they become fatal because she's using two of these blades. You have a rate of attack of two and the range is an inch. So she can stretch out a little with these little spirit blades.
1: Get out there a little bit.
3: So right off Right off to the bat, we're already you know the pretty good weapon profile. Yeah, uh, the Pierce Four, obviously. So when she's attacking, she's going to want to use some you know trigger a tune mm-hmm. and you know get things churned up pretty good. Then she's got special rules that actually can further make, make her creature. nasty. <laughs> you want to go with that first one, sir?
1: Yeah, I'll go with Quick Strike. So her first special rule. Once per activation, if this unit successfully hits with a strike action, it may make a second strike action at the same or a different target for just one action point rather than the usual two for the repeated action. So she's a little cost, cost effective. You know, she'll save you a little bit on those action points.
3: Right. So the next one is instinctive strike. So successful strike actions by this unit cannot be rerolled. So it, it's pretty, pretty good power for a melee person, right? Yeah. She, you know, no matter who she's hit, there's 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 no way to force her to reroll her strikes, uh, which is very useful. You
1: I know. can't I can't so. think of anybody off the top of my head that's that has that. That's a melee person that has that kind of it's kind of neat cuz it makes her unique in a way, you know, it adds to right. her how she's that deadly assassin, really. Right. You got the
3: next one then Tommy?
2: Yeah, we've got Bull Rush. This unit can focus charge actions for no additional cost. Free strike actions do not benefit from this rule. So, uh anytime you can free focus something, uh that's nice. Yeah. Uh, no 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 cost focus is always always a bonus.
1: All right, and the last one is Child of the Great Spirit. So this unit ignores the penalty for uneven ground and may re-roll yeller checks if subject to them. Uh, The unit may not be included in posses with tainted or automata units. So no robots, no hex nastiness. So for a boss, she's very straightforward. Yeah, right. She's narrow focus. She's just gonna she's gonna hit you hard, and it, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> it's gonna yep. hurt.
3: So let's jump over to her dark side. Uh, what Casancy? She's boss, legendary, hex, spirit, quote, female, dark nation, flight, and tainted.
1: I love the artwork for this card too. By the way,
3: <laughs> right. So her her. Her resculpt by Warcradle is amazing. Yes, as cool as the original one was from the second Kickstarter, the 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 version that uh, Roberto and Warcradle envisioned, yeah, is way wicked. I mean, it, it is so cool. All right, so
1: let's see. She's got a fortune of three. Uh, she cost one ninety five, so she's a l- little bit more than walks looking.
3: And you'll we'll get to why.
1: Yeah, her her other side of the card is very full, and she is unique. So and then we move on to her
3: stats. Yeah, she she's also quick six. She's got a mind of six, aim of five, a grit of six, a fight of six, and a limit. Drum roll,
1: four. Yeah. So she's going to be doing some more out there.
2: All right. For What's common rules, rules, she's got metal, the quick in the dead, largesse, target priority, and shrouded. So I like the shrouded. Uh, shrouded's not one we see a lot. What's
1: that one all about? So it's basically any successful aim checks on her have to be re-rolled, if I remember off the top of my head. So it's kind of like it simulates her flying, moving around?
3: Mm, no, no. <laughs> shrouded is typically not because you're moving fast. Like a flight would, it would probably be moving target. Uh, shrouded is, is typically, uh, like a dark power. It just, it's you know, hard it's to like
1: pin, pin her down.
3: Spirit, it's like spirit hiding, you know? So a lot of the dark, uh, the hex have shrouded true. because they're hit because of the mysticism about them more than the, them moving fast they just they're shrouded in the dark arts
1: i don't think i ever really thought of that way but it makes more sense (laughs) yeah
3: or like i I think some of the other units that have it are like the you know the rebels you know snipers
1: oh because because they're wearing
3: camo yeah they're wearing wearing camo so they they're hard to see because they're actively hiding kind
1: of yeah okay all right, let's look at her, yeah, her, her weapons.
3: Yeah, yeah. so uh, her melee weapon is fell Blades. And this is basically a evil version of Spirit Blades. They have parry, and then they crit to fatal. They have no range and have pierce one, And because there's two of them, uh, ROA of two.
1: So she's got to be right on you base to base with that sucker.
3: Right. But when she's not, she has sonic screech which is a a, you know an aimed weapon it's a torrent with engulf
1: so you gotta use that little template
3: right you use the blast template and it's you know the prolonged teardrop from her and you know all the models inside the template get hit with the pierce three and a roa of one one
1: yeah that's that's a I like that weapon. I mean, if you can line her up right to basically scream at a bunch of dudes, that you can get them to all do a, a grit check with a minus three.
3: three. It's a really, really effective yeah. torrent. Uh, I mean, it's got engulfed, so you're hitting around the corner. Of, yeah. You know, a uh, you know, line of sight. So it, it's, it's greater. So on special rules.
1: All right, I'll take the first one, so. We got, here's where we get to why she costs so much. Dark Council. So you may deploy a single hexolith during deployment for each unit with this rule in your force. For one action point, this unit may select a tainted unit, friend or foe, within 8 inches. Uh, That target unit must make a mind check. If the check is passed, nothing happens. If the check fails... A model in that unit or entire unit, if friendly, is compelled and must immediately make an action of this unit's choice. Uh, This is a free action which cannot be focused or use fortune. For the duration of the action, the compelled model counts as a friendly to this unit. Um, You cannot compel models with automata, structure, or legendary traits. So, she, she can basically get... A friend or a foe to, you know, do a mind check if they fail while well, she can control, make them do something, shoot at their buddy, or, you know, you can maybe make somebody, you know, move type thing to, to push them forward.
3: So the next, her, her next power is inspirational. In the, any friendly unit, excluding itself, within six inches may reroll a single die during their activation.
1: I, I always like to think of this one with her. Is that she's scaring her her troops, you know, shitless? So it's like, oh, we gotta do better.
2: <laughs> she's gonna eat them. <laughs> this is this is one of those rules that I forget about a lot. <laughs> so, but it's right. a great rule.
3: Right. So the the key of this one is it it it, it happens during the activation of the friendly units, not hers. So yeah. that's why you forget it sometimes is, you know, it, it really makes you remember your six-inch placing yeah. and, yeah. you know, it's easy to forget.
1: And a lot of times if you do remember, it's easy to be like, oh, crud, I'm out of that bubble.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got instinctive strikes. Uh, we just talked about that on Walks Looking. Looking. Uh, successful strike actions by this unit cannot be rerolled. Yes.
1: Just compare and see how they are similar. And it makes sense that they kind of have the sum of the same abilities, you know. It's it's like the the other half. You know, you, you right. your other side. Uh, let's see. What do we got next there? I can't read mine, Brian. Can you read it? <laughs> my my crumpled up, Thank I can't even read it.
3: <laughs> uh, I'm just let me pull it up. Okay, so the next one is uh, innervate. For one action point, this unit may select a non-legendary enemy unit in line of sight within twelve inches. The target must pass a mind check. If the check is failed, the selected unit immediately uses D five fortune checks. So basically, it's a, it's a way of draining fortune off of a model. Mm. The downside is it, it's a mind check, so you're you're betting on whoever you're doing it who has more than likely going to have a five or a six or more mind because yeah. it's going to be a boss you're going to try to steal a fortune off of. Or not steal it, but drain the fortune. So,
1: I mean, something like that would be good for if you're getting ready to, say, go after a face. And if you can drain that, that face of their fortune, it may be just one. But it takes that option away from them if they have, you know, the fortune of focusing or rerolling. So,
2: wow, that could also be really useful against somebody like Custer who's carrying around eight. You know, you're just like, yeah, you, you don't have that anymore. <laughs> um, I yeah. think that that could be devastating.
1: Yeah, it's just like Brian said; it'll be tough, depending on what their their mind is. So, but their dice, dice are fickle. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Alright, so I'll do the next one. Embrace the Hex. I just like the sound of this. Embrace the Hex. For one action point, the unit may select a target unit. Friendly or foe, within 8 inches. The target must make a mind check. If the check is passed, nothing happens. If the check fails, the selected unit is stunned and gains the tainted trait. Hmm. So you can can stun somebody and... If you have some kind of ability that it, it specifically targets tainted things, or maybe you have uh, like
3: dark council,
1: yeah, exactly. So then you can compel them to do something.
3: Yep. So yeah, embrace the hex is really useful for dark counselors because you know dark council only works on tainted models. So when you're facing the order, you're not going to have any opponents mm-hmm. models that are going to have tainted. So embrace the hex. Is like, well, now you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, you could use that against the lawmen, too, because a lot of the lawmen aren't tainted either.
3: Right. Only, I think there's only two or three on in their roster that are tainted. So, so you yeah, know, same thing. You can drop it on the, you know, to, to help you use it later mm-hmm. uh, in our council. So, yeah, definitely. Also, to note that you gain that trait. It, it's you gain it there's no yeah
1: it's not per turn it's,
3: it's not a temporary thing it's for the game
1: so probably game. Be, probably be a good idea to have some kind of token or something that you can put on that guy that you just corrupted so binder, right yeah yeah
3: so the next one uh what do you got there tom Next up is Hardy.
2: The unit may reroll failed grit checks.
1: Man, he's getting the easy ones. What the heck?
2: <laughs> you don't think I can just pronounce things, you know, out of the goodness of my soul and everything? I just pick easy things. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i to have to redo this whole thing. Okay, so in her last power is flight or fight. This is a reaction. When this unit is nominated as a target of a charge, the unit may spend a point of fortune to immediately be placed D five inches from its current position. This placement must be to a point directly away from the charging unit. This placement cannot be into impassable train or cause the unit to engage. So basically is the pigeon move. Yeah. You know, get close and it just flutters in its wings and just backs away. Hopefully, get out of the range of the charge, or, you know.
1: I like this rule since, uh, when did we get this? It was with the new 1.09 rules, right?
3: Right. Yes. It was basically brought up by a war host, uh, during the discussions, and it was well received. Everyone was like, that, no, that is a good idea. That's a neat little flight related power. Mm -hmm. Basically, they came up with it because of, um, the, legendary bird rider yes. and the warrior nation birds, right? And so it was like, well they're birds this. What so birds? they gave it to the other flight, you know, models as well. So so comparing Walk's looking boss versus Wicked Sancy boss legendary, uh one sixty to one ninety five for the additional cost, she picks up quite a List of powers, a lot uh, more
1: abilities.
3: Dark Council. She's getting uh, inspirational. Embrace the hex. I mean, there's a lot of little, a lot more
2: power behind Wekisansi.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot of manipulation type powers.
2: And, and as and as there should be, she's a legendary. Right,
3: yeah. right, There's yeah. Definitely an upgrade involved here. When you know Wekisansi is is captured and raven spirit does the big spirit voodoo magic and mm-hmm. separates the two halves walks looking becomes legendary but she's a face yeah so in in, in a uh, stewart mentioned that the reason they did one of the reasons that that happened is now that she's she doesn't have her her more bloodthirsty drives right so she's not the same Eager to combat, right? So she's she can lead, but she's reluctant to lead because of she she's missing that aggressive nature of herself.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at doesn't this...
3: mean she's not deadly. Oh Does yeah, doesn't mean she's not deadly.
1: I mean, <laughs> she she overall she her stats stay the same, um and she doesn't increase in price too much. Uh, where her change comes is a lot of her her special rules um, she gets some right. different ones that kind of go with theme she
3: picks up the legendary trait right mm-hmm. she um, the cost goes up to one ninety from one sixty to one ninety The only stat that changes is her limit yeah her her weapons she 's still using spirit blades they don 't change now her common rules did change so she's she 's got Metal, Quick in the Dead, Target Priority, and Moving Target.
1: Okay. Yeah, whereas before she had Trail and Agile to, to go more with that charging in and in attacking
3: type role. You know, her special rules, They she picks up some new ones. The first one we already mentioned, she's a face, but she can be a boss, so she has an underboss. This unit may replace the face trait for a boss trait, adding 20 points. So if she's going to be a, a legendary boss, she jumps to 210 points mm-hmm. and she picks up another fortune and the largest common rule. So she goes to fortune of four and she picks up large so she can share it with the posse that she can bring. Now she does not have, she cannot bring the theme posse that she used to be able to use as walks. Mm-hmm. So she can't use her theme as legendary underboss. Because that's one of the restrictions of underbosses. You can use a faction posse. You just can't bring a theme. Mm-hmm. So, two two of the special rules she has she had from before, which is instinctive strike and child of the great spirit, which gives her you know ignores penalties for underground ground, may re roll yeller checks if she's subject to them. The unit may not be included in posses with tainted or automata. Uh, but she picks up some more. Eric, what what is she, so what sh- some of the new ones see.
1: She- So she gets elusive. So backstab reactions against this unit suffer a minus four penalty. Ouch. So you're in melee with her. <laughs> you're in melee with her.
3: Right. And well, then- what elusive means is she can move out of engagement. And if you try to hit her, your that's attack it. is going to be at minus four. That's so she's it. basically um, she can she's move. basically moving so fast. Yeah, she can move out of combat, and it's hard for you to actually do anything about do it. Out. Yeah,
1: I like that. That's that's a neat ability.
3: Yeah, And it, it kind of fits because you know she's already got moving target. She's got elusive. She picks up the next new one. She has is called rapid. So she can focus moves for no additional cost. You know, so it signifies that she's, she's a much more fast-moving uh, unit. Mm-hmm.
2: When you think about, you know, cinematically, what you're thinking about here is she's that, that little ninja girl that's just running through groups of people. And, you know, <laughs> right. sli- slicing open artery here, you know, the carotid there, the femoral over here. Uh, <laughs> and she's just, she's just moving through the groups, whacking everybody, right. uh, which, which is really kind of a, a cool visual uh, especially with how her model actually looks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Model. So uh, the next thing she picked up is Death Dealer. While this unit is engaged, each successful hit caused by this unit on an enemy unit they are engaged with causes a further automatic hit to that unit. Automatic hits like these and qualities like Brutal cannot generate further hits from the Death Dealer rule. Nice and simple there. You're, you start yeah. stacking extra hits. Yeah, right. Um, you know, and that that's that's, where, that's what leads to dead enemies, you know. Right, so um,
3: the, her ROA of, ROA of two can become an ROA of four. Yeah,
1: that's a, a, a chance to double your hits. Heck yeah.
3: So, and then the last ability she picks up is Rally. Any friendly units, excluding this one, of course, within 10 inches may automatically pass any yellow tracks.
1: Okay, so yeah, she's kind of firing them up.
3: All right. Well, that was
1: that was our look at well, Walks looking in her darker side there.
3: Well, uh, we haven't discussed their themes, right? So the Dark Nation theme posse that Wakasansi can bring. If all six slots are filled with at least one unit in the posse, then Wakasansi gains plus one to her limit.
2: So she's what limit five then? <laughs> no problem.
3: Right. <laughs> Uh, so let's go through her bullets right so the first bullet is a hex dark nation unit so open wide the second one is up to two hex dark nation units mind you key is up to two, two. Mm-hmm. so she can just do one so if she wants to get to the sixth slot a little faster and still have uh, points left over the third one is a hex dark nation unit the fourth one uh two guesses, it's a Hex Dark Nation unit. (laughs) The fifth one, the sixth one is up to two Hex Dark Nation units. So, she can basically fill up this posse and have eight Dark Nation units. Mm -hmm. Or she can just go to six and get to that plus one limit a little faster. Yeah. So, you'd have to basically jump into the Hex list and say, hey, what are the units that you know, pick up that, you know, Dark Nation, right? So you would jump down, let's see, uh Littlefoot, Krutu, Orquette, all have Dark Nation, Legendary Kali, Dizhoni, Kemazont, Seke, all carry that, right? So You just
1: gotta look pretty for good list Dark people. Nation basically. I'm Right. And that uh, that's a pretty easy way to build out her list, is to, you know just take all those guys that have Dark Nation and just plop them in there. You know, this list is not restrictive at all.
3: No, uh, it's not. Uh thing to remember is the Reaver Headhunters and the Reaver Harriers are also Dark Nation hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tree Walkers are also Dark Nation hands, so you have those options. The Hexed Skin Shifter is a support unit, also Something you can bring in the Dark Nation, the Reaver Berserker, which is the uh, their Iron Horse option. So I mean, she has a pretty open-ended way of bringing a lot of things to bear. Yeah, very useful. You know, so it 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 seems a Dark Nation unit, but there's enough Dark Nation units to where she can bring in a variety of stuff. Yeah. Uh, The other issue is she can bring vehicles whenever she wants
1: mm-hmm. yeah you don't have to it, wait to that sixth slot to get a a, a big it, heavy vehicle
3: well so there's no big heavy vehicle but you can bring in a unit of the reaver berserkers mm-hmm. which are iron horses So you yeah. can bring those slot one.
1: that's right uh, yeah
3: and which is very useful if you want to get those in quicker yeah you know?
1: yeah 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 i see a lot of numbers crunching with this this list kind of like when we built that list for tom you know of oh right. let's try this let's try that and you know point it out and then decide okay I have points left over I can maybe up this this hands unit or you know take right. take another bike
3: right well the, 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 the downside of, of the Reaver Berserkers um so you have to bring at least two mm-hmm. but you can bring as many as ten <laughs>
2: What, where's the downside?
3: Well, it, it's not for for the for Weka-Sansi. It's the downside for whoever's having to face off between a yeah. unit of ten juiced Gatlin guns, <laughs> <and> A <rated laughs> pack of four.
2: It's fine. It's fine. They're not overpowered and... at all.
4: Well,
1: don't don't they have an ability that they'll turn on their own guys too? Though
3: all right so. Uh, one of the things to consider is Berserker. After the first game turn, when the unit activates, it must pass a mind check to activate as normal. If it fails, the unit must try to engage the closest enemy unit within 18 inches and line of sight. Or if there are no enemy unit range, the closest friendly one in line of sight. When making a walk, ram or charge an action, the unit must always travel by the shortest route possible to that nominated unit.
1: So, yeah, they could, possibly technically go after (laughs) their own buddies
3: (laughs) with the juice to axe which is overcharged and crits on decapitate pierce three so basically what happens is it in the second or later rounds there's a chance that you fail your mind check of a five so they have a five mind and this entire big giant unit may rush into engaging one of your own models
1: yeah (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's what
2: That's bringing a whole herd of them <laughs> Yeah
1: Yeah
2: It sounds like playing orcs in uh, Warhammer <laughs> You're like maybe they'll do something Awesome for you, maybe they'll do something awesome Against you, we don't know
3: uh, Just roll your die <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's jump over and check out the theme posse For box looking.
1: All right, and as we mentioned before, this was just for her boss, not the legendary underboss.
3: Right. So the tribal retribution theme: if a boss or five, if the boss and five or more slots are filled with at least one unit in the posse, then all faces in the posse gain Trail Finder and Prodigious. Prodigious, While looking. At- only unit with the boss trait permitted in this posse. You may not include legendary lot walks. Look,
1: yep. And we've seen that before with the uh, uh, the different models that have the legendary version of themselves. This right off the bat is telling me fill this sucker with faces. You
4: know, R-
3: right. So the first slot is warrior nation face or young blood unit which is Youngblood is one of the hands units. Uh, Slot two is a Warrior Nation face and or hands unit. Okay. Uh, The third slot, a Warrior Nation face unit and or non-beast support unit. A Warrior Nation face unit and or a non-beast support unit. The fifth slot is up to two warrior nation hands or support units. So slot five is the first one her posse could bring in these supports. Mm-hmm. And then the sixth slot is up to two warrior nation face or hands units.
1: So yeah, just about all those slots have faces that you could put in there and then potentially get that trail finder and prodigious.
3: Well, you you basically slots one, two, three, four bring in faces and or the other stuff mm-hmm. uh, slot five is not gonna have any faces in it and then slot six is either faces or hand.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: so you can take two faces or you can take two hand units but it does not mean you can take a combo of the two yeah right it's either one or the other so
1: yeah this this list this uh, theme list has a little more flexibility in it with what you can do. Because there's uh, Warrior Nation has some good choices for, well, like slot five with the supports, which we're going to talk about li- a little bit later coming up, <laughs> and they got plenty to pick from for the faces. So
3: yeah, I mean, I mean, she, she basically enjoys bringing some faces because she could benefit. They they benefit for joining her, right? Yeah. So the the idea that they all pick up Trail Finder and Prodigious. So they get a plus one on top of any uh, uses of the fortune yeah. uh, is, is really useful, right? So, you know, where and it's similar to the way what Cassancy is face heavy as well. You know, she has some really good faces that she can bring into her posse uh-huh. um, and it, like that's offset. So these would be two very heavy face, you know, battles, you know, yeah. because you're both going to trying to bring faces, and you, you, you're you definitely going to bring some of those Dark Nation faces in Wekensan and and then have some support with some hands and maybe some support units, and same thing with you know, Tribal Retribution you're going to want to bring in as many faces as you can as you get up to slot 5 to trigger Trail Finder and Prodigious, but then you're also going to want to bring in some of those hands units and support units to make sure you, you know grab hold of objectives. Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Pressure fire. You know, so it,
1: yeah, you always got to be thinking of those objectives.
2: Right. And also taking a hit for one of those faces.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, so one-on-one with boss versus legendary boss. Uh, if we were to see these guys show down, what are we thinking here? I, I, I think, I think I know which way I'm going. When it comes boss to boss. Uh, and that's just based on abilities, I think. Because they're both kind of aggressive in your face. But I think Wakasani, with the having a higher limit, she she has more weapon options, for one. So she actually has a ranged option. And then, I mean, just the, the special rules that she has, I, I think is going to put her a little bit ahead of walks just one on one. Uh
3: yeah, one on one. Um
1: I mean we've said this in the past, you know, the whole melee versus, you know, a shooty.
3: Um yeah, but she can't use the torrent in close combat. So once they're engaged, it it's not gonna matter. It, it she loses that advantage, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: the
3: the key is the other abilities, right? Death Dealer mm-hmm. is adding to the risk of getting hit, right? She's also ignoring Shrouded with her strikes, right? So the defensive ability of Shrouded is ignored completely. But actually, that's a melee that's a aim issue anyway, so it, it wouldn't matter once you're in target.
1: Uh, well, Death Dealer. The legendary has that,
3: right? Thought we were doing legendary.
1: Oh, are we gonna do legendary? Legendary?
3: I thought that's what you said.
1: No, I was. I said legendary no, no. versus boss, walks. Oh, uh, okay. but if we do do the legendary, you're right. That that's gonna make a big difference. That, yeah. Shoot, I closed the card too. I gotta open it back up.
2: You know, as much as I hate it, uh, I agree with Eric completely on this one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, Eric, you and I usually end up on different sides of these uh, smoke wagons. Well, yeah, uh,
1: we do usually. we got we uh, definitely got different tastes than these guys.
2: Uh, but yeah, I, well, I agree with you. Um, just the sheer number of abilities now this that's not to say that Walks doesn't have a chance. Um, she, she's pretty good at melee herself. Mm-hmm. so I mean, I'm not saying that she doesn't have a chance, but you know, probably four out of five times she'll she's gonna lose this matchup.
3: Yeah, regular walks looking is.
2: I don't think I'll stand
1: up to. Better. Yeah, but I think the legendary,
3: legendary versus legendary is is a much even fight. Yeah, and that is when you get into it's literally going to be down to the what fails and and what sticks yeah. because the death dealer is going to be a huge you know tip in her direction and Wekusansi's whether or not she gets into some of the using of the embrace the hex and stuff like that, obviously yeah. would tip things towards her, but her fail blades just aren't as good, right? They're only Pierce One. So if they're in hand to hand, she just can't compete. Because she's only rolling two uh ROA of of two with a Pierce One.
4: Yeah.
1: Where the uh, Walks can just attune her attack. And, right. and yeah, and like you said, Death Dealer, doubling their... repair.
3: not going to help her at all, no. because you can't make her re-roll her, her successful strikes. So, uh, you know, that that's also something to think of Walk's looking. That's why I think Tom is right, that she could sometimes be able to hold her own, mm-hmm. but it's not as consistent. And mainly because, you know, with Quick Strike, she she's getting that second hit cheaper, but with the tuned... Pierce four, R.O.A. of two, versus Fellblades of Perry, which you can't even use Perry.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's it's yeah it mutes it, it, it,
2: it. Which I mean, from a who who these characters are standpoint, it kind of makes sense. I, I it it's, um, box looking is, is one of the. Really iconic characters of the game, I think, uh-huh. uh, and and has been since first edition. She's she's always just sort of been one of those major characters. So I, I think it makes sense that she's she, her good side, you know, is overpowering the evil side in general, uh, at least in the legendary form. Right from a narrative standpoint, I'm I'm saying
1: it's it's very close though. Um, it's very close. Because they are similar in a lot of abilities, of well, like the, you know, you can't can't be forced to re-roll something. That's one ability they both have. Right. But I, right. I yeah, I,
2: I I don't think this one's a foregone conclusion. Like, uh, you know, Custer was
4: mm-hmm.
2: versus Kyle. I, I think that you know either one of them can definitely win. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not an automatic. I just think that the advantage lies heavily with legendary walks. Uh, and I think regular boss walks is the least likely. Yeah. And Wicisancy's in between.
1: Right. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, looking at the abilities on Wicisancy, uh her, her abilities are very posse, like a full game posse oriented where she can manipulate other units and you know, in a broader range, not so much like if she's one-on-one with walks face-to-face. So right. if it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight, I think a majority of the time, legendary walks looking, is going to take it. Right.
2: And, and I don't think that that's terribly different from some of the other smoke wagons that we've done.
3: Yeah. That yeah.
2: The one-on-one on, one on one outcome is very different than the posse-on-posse posse outcome.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, in the posse's, I do believe Dark Nation is going to be hard to, to topple. Yeah. For either of the the two options, you know, yep. uh, trouble Retribution is a really good posse. Don't get me wrong, but the faces she has access to,
1: yeah, the options
3: I don't think compete against the faces that Wackosansy can bring.
4: Yeah. Yep.
3: With trickery powers you know devastating a lot of there's just more in in her faith that what can bring right yeah uh, and then when you combine the fact that she's going to have the ability to take her biggest nasty and give him a free attack mm-hmm. through dark council it just you know what i mean it's really hard to beat and yeah. uh, so i i have a feeling that that the Darkness
1: with it. Like, yeah, a Grizzly Bear with a double Gatling gun. Let's go mow him down. He's
3: not, a, he's not Dark Nation. Really? He's, she actually is not a he anymore. It's she? She's a Carcosa.
1: Oh, see, I haven't looked at her card in a while.
3: Yeah, she, she is a, a Carcosa and not Dark Nation. Wow.
1: Okay. But overall, Dark Nation has a lot of. Ranged options
3: Allie, the little spider chick is extremely dangerous,
1: yeah, yeah, that's definitely a a thing of nightmares, <laughs> literally
2: <laughs> yeah i I think just in general, I find hex to be a very strong faction mm-hmm. in in pretty much any of its incarnations
3: yeah
1: yeah it's it's hard to prepare for some of the shenanigans that they have because it's they're it's very unique abilities for a faction in the game yep. well all right i think one-on-one i'm going legendary walks not regular walks and then posse wise probably going with the dark nation
2: i think i
3: concur brian I think we're unanimous oh
1: man we're unanimous that have we had that yet i don't think so
2: not sure that we have. I think we all kind of agreed that uh, Kyle couldn't take on Coster.
1: No, I, I,
4: I <laughs> yeah,
1: I uh, <laughs> I'm denying it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I I can't deny it. People just could go back and re-listen to it. I reluctantly <laughs> agreed, but uh, <laughs> speaking of those guys, so we did post up a poll for them. Uh, we'll do the same thing for walks here and um if i can figure it out i'll actually put should i split these two guys like put both regular walks and legendary walks and i'm afraid it's going to split the vote i think what i'm going to do is i'll put up both legendaries because i don't want to split the vote at all but uh speaking of custer and kyle ouch this one was a landslide guys Uh, i think everybody agreed with us in the poll for these guys and it was Armstrong, 74% to 26%. Uh, I think the Luscious Locks did it.
2: <laughs> I mean, you can't compete with that. You can't compete with that kind of hair. <laughs>
1: Here I think he was going to bring up the, the whole ranged option again, but no, it is the hair.
4: <laughs>
1: it's, it's absolutely the hair. Oh, man. But we kind of we kind of thought that was gonna happen just based on basic you know abilities that he was gonna get you know eventually just mowed down. Um, but we'll put up another poll for this episode, Smoke Wagon with Walks and her darker side, and see what you guys think. So keep an eye open for that on the Facebook page. I usually share it, link it into the dark council so you guys can go on there and vote and uh chime in if you guys want to make a comment. But that's this episode Smoke Wagon uh theme towards Warrior Nation. Let us you guys know what you think of kinda doing this little theme thing. I think it was kinda neat to, to do something like this. Uh we've been like me and Brian said earlier, we kind of been wanting to do these walks for a while. And just I I think it took It took us a little bit to get there, but we got there. So we'll go ahead and move out of the smoke wagon and go on to something else in the show. Well, guys, we're going to bring back kind of an oldie here on the Black Hoof Saloon. We haven't done this in a while, but we're going to do a top three. That's right, this is going to be a Black Hoof Saloon Top 3, not an individual Top 3. And we're also keeping in theme with Warrior Nation, and in this Top 3 we're going to look at Warrior Nation Support Units. So, I think I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into it and kick off with our number three.
0: Here's Here's number three.
1: three. Okay, so... The three of us discussed this list a little bit and it, we kind of went back and forth of different support units in Warrior Nation that we thought should be on this list. And for number three, we kind of settled on uh, the Wayland Spirit Walkers for number three. Now, the Wayland Spirit Walkers are their models are kind of made up of, well, they're basically the werewolves. Some of them were older models that they just transferred into this unit. Um, But let me go over to card, and uh, we'll go ahead and discuss then why we kind of put this on the list. So the Wayland Spirit Walkers are Support, Warrior Nation, Beast, Male, Wayland, Spirit, and Walker. So those are their keywords. They cost 80 points per model, and then looking at their their little stats they got on there, they're pretty fast. So they got a Quick of 7, a Mind of 5. Uh, Their aim is 2, grit of 5, their fight is 5, and they have a limit of 2. Let's see. Let's jump down to their common rules. So their common rules, uh, this unit consists of 1 to 3 models. A minimum size is 1, which costs 80 points. Um, You may add further models up to 80 points each. Um, This unit has metal and moving target. Now I like that because metal is—you don't usually see that in the su- the support models, which is a neat thing. And then I I think it's fair to note that their base size is medium, so that can come into play when they're trying to surround people. And then jumping over to their their weapons, so they start off with a melee weapon. It's a razor claws that has crit lethal, and it's a range of one inch, so you can you can tag somebody from one inch away with these, has a piercing of minus two, rate of attack is three, and then they also have spirit blades, which is attuned, which that's a neat special ability for weapons that, that, you know, takes advantage of their mind, uh, and it affects the pierce. It is fatal on a crit, and then its range is also one inch, pierce is zero, but as I just stated the attuned can kind of manipulate that rate of attack is two and then the last weapon they have is also a melee it's fanged maw which has a natural brutal tangled and is refined and then on a crit it's it's fatal now this range is they have the little dash which means base to base piercing is minus two rate of attack is one And then let's jump finally to their special rules. So they have Bull Rush. This unit can focus a charge action for no additional cost. Uh, Free strike actions do not benefit from this rule. Then they got Frenzy for each critical success. This model rolls during a fight check. This model may make a free strike action. The free strike action is still subject to Frenzy. Then they got Child of the Great Spirit. This unit ignores the penalty for uneven ground and may re-roll yellow checks if subject to them. The unit may not be included in posses with tainted or automata units. So no ro- robots, no hex. And then it's got ants. Uh, here we go, Tom. I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> an- you can do it. I can do it. Ancillary. Ancillary answer I can't do it my tongue just won't let me do it
2: we all know what you mean
1: (laughs) so this unit suffers yeller checks even though it is not a hands unit so that is just a quick overview of the wayland spirit walkers um what do you guys think of this our number three discuss a little bit
2: Well, I'll start off with uh, one of the Wayland Spirit Walkers is actually one of my favorite models in all of the line. Uh, The one with his head back, arms spread, holding the knives, howling Mm -hmm. at the moon uh, is actually one of my favorite models in the game from a pure looks standpoint. So they're pretty awesome looking. So we'll, we'll start with that.
1: Okay yeah, that was one of those older models that they transitioned into this newer unit with second edition. and it is definitely a neat model, fun to paint, a lot of potential with the the spirit blades and doing you know object source lighting. I mentioned reading through the stats. One of the things I really like about this now, you can only take three, which is is probably plenty. you think about they're on a medium base, but just the fact that they have metal is great you know they're 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 not gonna go away super quick and then having move moving target as long as you get your move off early that'll help them survive a little bit
2: hey tom what is that noise what is uh what what
1: we can hear you clicking and clacking
2: no (laughs) nothing i'm messing around with uh my uh, daughter was playing around with a Wii uh, gun that I have, and I was playing around with it. Thought I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This is like
3: Eric's talking all all years. <laughs>
1: see, luckily I always separate the uh, the sound files, so I can just I see all that stuff. I just delete it right out.
2: <laughs> I sure worry about it that. Was. I was like, what is that? <laughs> Uh, I'll send you a picture of it. It's actually kind of awesome.
1: <laughs> All right, Brian, what do you think of, uh, Wayland spirit walkers?
2: Uh, well, I think they're one, they're iconic to
3: the whole theme of warrior nation imbued with, you know, and into spirit animals. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of the more iconic options in the, uh, the warrior nation thing, but they're, they're super deadly, you know, even though their mind is, is five. Yeah, that rounds up to six. So Pierce three attuned blades are are still really really good. You're throwing two dice every time. Crits on fatal, uh, which ignores metal. The fact that they have metal as a support is is really good. They are going to be more survivable than, than a lot of your other sh- support options.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: You know they they're picking up the ability to basically have to survive yeller checks, but. I mean, I still think for their for the cost they're still gonna be really good. Obviously they're getting a little speed boost from uh bull rush. Yeah. Uh get into that hand to hand combat combat real a little faster. So I mean, with quick as seven plus two from the, the bull rush. Yeah. I mean that's that's a pretty good distance that's, to get in there.
1: Yeah, and like keep in mind with that medium base too. And can go over uneven ground. There's not much that's going to slow them down.
3: And they pick up moving target as well after a move.
4: Yeah,
3: I mean, just always run them seven inches, and you're you're picking up that that boon. I just think they're they're really good. And you know, having the old you know boss models on the table in like multiple. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it force.
3: So you know, like Tom said, it's one of the better sculpts from, the, you know, first edition. Yeah. And the fact that we reused both the first and second version of sitting Bull. Yeah, that's right. A support unit, you know, buy you can buy them in boxes of two and you get one of each and just load up, man, because you can bring them their support. So you can fill in so many different slots and most of the posses in the uh in the warrior nation. So that that's why I fought to make sure they, they, they got in the top three just because they're, they're crazy good, but they also should be seen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: All
1: right. Shall we move on in our top three here and go to number two, Brian, which is going to be you're up. Here's Here's number number
0: number two.
3: All right. So number two, another, iconic support option is the great spirit shamans uh, so now they're iconic for a completely different reason than the uh, Wayland spirit walkers they are iconic because they're they're a traditional looking Indian shaman with the yeah. address and the you know all the ink, little details of their their outfits you know just kind of make you think of various uh, ceremonial armor and and all the different pageantry of of you know the great shamans. One of the coolest things I like about them is one, their support. But they pick up. They have no fortune, but can have fortune. So we'll get into that when we get their special rule. Yeah, uh, they're sixty per model. You can bring them in groups of three to six, and uh, with a quick quick of five, mind of four, aim of four, grid of four, five of five, limit two. You know. Really kind of middle ground, but remember the, the mind of five becomes a six when you, you go into Attuned. Mm-hmm. So, I'll to their weapons, they have Spiritual Inferno, and this is a distant weapon. It has Attuned, so you're, you're going to be able to increase their Pierce to Pierce three. It's a blast. It has the special rule, so you're only using it once per turn, but has Engulfed. Okay, so blast and engulf. It changes some of the cover rules when the blast goes off. They can launch this blast uh, up to eight inches away. Uh, the ROA is one, so it's kind of a really neat, especially when you if you have like a a unit of six of these, mm. <laughs> and you're carpet bombing, another, <laughs> you're carpet bombing a unit, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At, you know, pier, you yeah, you know, up six pierce threes. I oh, don't know. That's pretty. Deadly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then you, their other weapon is a spirit blade, and it's a melee weapon. It's also attuned, and it crits on fatal. So this is basically a ceremonial weapon. Mm-hmm. So the three different poses that you can get for their spirit shamans, um, if you're lucky. <laughs> 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 War Cradle hasn't, haven't redesigned these or uh, put them in a new... Like a box. Hat, right? Yeah. So uh, you'll have to search out the classics to, to pick them up. And uh, and they each have a different weapon, you know, but it the Spirit Blade is basically any of the weapons that they're using that are, you know, considered hand-to-hand weapons. Uh, they have a range of one inch, pierce of zero, ROA of one. Uh, with a tune, it goes to pierce three. So, not bad. So, they don't have any common rules. So, we're going to jump right into their special rules. Uh, they get something called weirding. At the start of this activation, each model in the unit gains plus one fortune. Even if they do not have a fortune value, which they don't. Told you how we were going to talk about it. So, no model in the unit may ever have more than one fortune chip. The unit may spend fortune as normal. Okay, so, right off the bat, this unit... How big it is, is gonna have anywhere from three to six fortune. And they don't have Largette. So they have to use it themselves. Yeah. And they only have a limit of two. So it's really easy for them to trigger it soon. And they still should have plenty of extra, you know, fortune. You gotta use it because you know, otherwise you're gonna lose it.
1: Yeah.
3: Save it for defensive moves, you know, after the thing. So they're just having that. M- amount of fortune for a unit for itself is it's huge and very effective in keeping them on the table or, or uh, adding a little boost to when they're attacking so uh, mm-hmm. you know some people probably didn't realize that that's per model not unit so uh definitely take note because that makes this really good power <laughs> okay so the second power is also one of those force multiplier kind of kind of powers it's totemic you may deploy up to two spirit totem models or one greater spirit totem model per unit with totemic special rule these totems are placed using the initial deployment special rule so because portal uh, these totems can be used as portals having another unit on the board such as the shamans gives you access to more portals on Mm -hmm. the table um, and these portals are there at the beginning of the game so you don't have to worry about having someone run around opening the portals because they're just already there yeah the uh, so support unit which you can bring multiple times in in most lists allows you to beef up your your portals on the board so that's uh, tactically that's a very good thing to be able to bring so I think between all that extra fortune and then the uh, other totems make these are really kind of for 60 60 points a model yeah you know it's a really great option especially if your boss and some of the faces you have also have totemic because then boom now you're gonna have you can really jack up your portal versus portal stat uh which is one of the things is enemy can't jump through your portals as easy if you outnumber their portals right so Uh you you know subtracts from their mind check so it's always better have more portals than your enemy because it makes them eat harder to jump through your portals and it makes it easier for you to jump to theirs. so another thing to remember about that uh savant once per turn when activated this unit may spend one action point for its owning player to select and examine up to two random cards in their opponent's hand of adventure cards One of the chosen cards is discarded. The remaining (laughs) is returned to the opponent's hand. And both me and Eric agree, any card play is
2: a good thing to jump into your posses and to actually have that in a support. This this is the
1: dirty side of it.
2: (laughs) This one one cracks me up because basically (laughs) you you see someone going for um, some, some victory points and you're like... Oh no! You're going to throw that away. You don't get those. You don't get to play that victory point card, or you know, <laughs> uh, just being able to do things like that. I think is just so dirty. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you can see your it, your opponent. They're just waiting to slap down that sucker, and you're like, "Yeah, they, I'm going to pull over,
2: that one." <laughs> you reach over and
3: take two, and then you see their face go. <laughs> 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 oh, that's not it. Uh, Okay, so the last special rule is Child of the Great Spirit. I heard about this before. Um, you know, basically ignore penalty, uneven ground, may reroll yellow checks if they're subject to them. And as a support unit, they're not. Uh, this may not be included in posses with tainted or automated units. So if you think they have three really powerful special rules for yeah. 60 points.
1: For 60 points. I, I you know. And I've, I've taken these guys before in a force, uh, just to get those totems, you know, that to spam that many more things to jump either one to jump around more with, you know, to make them more mobile or two, just a lot of times, whether I'm playing against warrior nation or I'm playing them, it's just having more totems out there is can be a distraction to your opponent. You know that they're going to go after them because they fear right away that you're going to jump right out on them. So that that's, I like having that that option or the great the you know the the great spirit totem is nice to get, you know, a fortune sitting on there every turn that if you have a unit close to it and they just need that one more fortune chip, you know, that they can pull it off of there.
3: Right? Yeah, that's one of the reasons I, I I fought for them to be in the top three is is because as a support unit man they're
2: they're really powerful yeah yeah i'm i'm not sure there was a fight i think this was this was one of the ones that we all kind of agreed on i mean the total package between the carpet bomb uh the the three really powerful special rules and they're pretty cheap yeah
1: they're (laughs) really cheap uh, 60 points a model
2: yeah, this
3: this, like, this really is a, a great package. I have three of them because you know it was back when I I literally bought one of everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, dude, once they this is what the you know one point oh nine model uh, or car came out, it's like oh, I need more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. I like using these and just parking them somewhere on an ob- objective just, you know, it's one of those units that their stuff will still kind of help. And then if anybody gets close to them, then they can bring down, you know, bring down the heavens on them.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 And you, you really are just, just sitting there daring someone to come at you. Just put them on, on the lookout come on.
4: and say, come on, come on. On.
2: <laughs> or they have all that extra fortune. All they have to do is veteran
3: instincts. It's cheap for them. Yeah. You know, most models Have it on their own, so they have to rely on the boss. But these guys, they're gonna, depending on how big you make the unit, they're gonna have three to six fortune of their own. Yeah, so they're gonna have the ability just to veteran instincts whenever because they have all that extra fortune just sitting around.
2: Yeah, so I love the way you talk about it like it's their riches, and they just have it sitting around. (laughs) they will use it, (laughs) it's a money to burn.
3: Think (laughs) about it most mo- most units don't have more than two for you know there's only two other uh there's only two two units in the game that have more than them and their bosses yeah ellen Cust. so if you bring a full six model unit there's only two other units in the whole game that has as much fortune as you right so i mean huge i mean now it's scary to know what number one is,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Those guys are number two. All right. We, we, we ready for number one?
1: Yep. Let's go to number one.
0: And the best and the of them all, 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 number
2: one. Number one. So number one. We've got the great Thunderbird. Support, Warrior Nation, Beast, Spirit Animal, and Flight. Uh, This bad boy will come in at 135 per model, which is not too shabby. Quickness 4, Mind 4, Aim 6, Grit 6, Fight 7, Limit 2. For its weapons, it's got Razor Claws, which are a melee weapon. They have Lethal on Crit, Range 1 inch, Pierce minus 2, with a rate of attack of 3. And then it's got Lightning Bolts, which is a ranged attack. Uh, it's got Hazardous, Stun, Brutal Special, and Fatal on a crit. It's got a range of 10 inches with a Pierce of 2 and a Rate of Attack of 4. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes, that's pretty good. Um, it's on an extra large base, so this is a, this is a big The un. unit consists of one model, and it has the following common rules. It has Metal, Agile, and Shrouded. Okay. And we're going to it's special rules here. Stormbringer. Once per activation, this unit may spend an action point and immediately place a hazard and disorder condition on a unit within eight inches. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, so, I mean, think about that. You usually have to hit something to start putting conditions on it. Yeah. This, roll you're just dice. Like, no, yeah. You have to roll dice. This is just like, nah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, got, you got this condition, and now that you have that condition, now I'm going to shoot you again so I can kill you. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, that's just, that's really, yeah, really uh, nasty. It hit Do Stormbringer, at the beginning of your activation. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs>
2: really? Yeah. Um, well, so, so, I mean, that...
3: So, you're... 10-inch range lightning
2: bolts will we'll, we'll be in range. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, which is, is just pretty awesome. Next, we've got elusive. So, backstab reactions against this unit suffer a minus four penalty. Not much to say there. Uh, they get they get to run away from you. Pretty nice. Galvanic. The stun and disorder qualities do not cause attribute penalties to be suffered by this unit, though they still count as having the condition. Hmm. So that's always a nice thing to have. While they do still have the condition for, uh, as far as you know, taking shots and being knocked off the board, uh, it doesn't actually mess with them at all. Yeah, Uh, which is
3: nice. up? So when you when you get when you get stunned, you lose minus one to all your stats, but but your limit. (laughs) So it's nice not to have a minus one to your grit. Mm -hmm. Yes so i mean it's 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 a nice boon absolutely
2: um it's got hardy so the unit may re-roll failed grit checks and then it's got fight (coughs) flight or fight reaction when this unit is nominated as the target of a charge action this unit may spend a point of fortune to immediately be placed d5 inches from its current position this placement must be to a point directly away from the charging unit this placement cannot be into impassable terrain or cause the unit to be engaged. This is always one of those fun ones. It's nice to be able to just sort of fly away back out when something's charging, and then all of a sudden they end up, you know, an inch out of their ability to actually hit you. You know, this is one of those things that just helps with these thunder chickens' survival.
1: Yeah, it just flies away, little bird, and then comes back and lays down some some thunder and lightning on your ass. <laughs>
2: yep you called down the thunder well now you've got it
1: (laughs) oh yeah this is the t-bird is pretty scary i mean extra large base you're not gonna hide them but um man is this thing aggressive
2: it's you know, it suffers from the same issue that I think all of the really large uh, supports suffer from, and that's that you can't hide them. Yeah. Uh, they're go- they're going to take shots, and, you know, you're bringing a way to fire against it. Sooner or later, it rolls a one, and it's off the board. So come out swinging and use them... Use them you know, hard and fast uh, mm-hmm. until he gets knocked off the board because you, there's no point in holding him, holding him in reserve because they're going to get knocked out.
1: No. Yeah. Um,
2: so, so, so get in there and do as much damage as you can uh, before that happens.
1: I mean, this, this is the kind of model that uh, I hate to use the term, but if you want to go boss hunting, this is who you'd use you know you, you could boss or face hunt with this thing to get somebody off the board fairly easy
2: yep i mean i mean yeah. think about that stormbringer like you can't quicken the debt. you you, <laughs> you just have the condition yeah
1: you just get uh, it there's yeah. there's no you know there's no check against that that's just something the bird wants you to have you get it yep yeah i think most of the, if I remember right, most of the Warrior Nation list when you're building your posses uh, being a, well, it is a support. So usually the supports are only a couple of the chambers in that you can have access to this thing. So it's it, it's not too bad of, of an option. Sometimes they, in a lot of the posses, they have you go through the whole, all the the cylinders before you can get to your big heavies and stuff but uh this guy being a support just look pay attention to those keywords because you may be able to get him in that list a lot sooner than you think
2: yep absolutely and let's face it 135 a model for what this guy does you know look for those you know uh bring a face and or bring a you know bring a storm uh, sorry, bring a hands unit and a support.
4: Yeah, you know? look yeah. for those.
2: Look for those ands and, and try to just keep shoving them in there because you can bring you know at, at this price point you can bring a few of them. You don't need to just say I've got one. Yeah, uh, yeah. you you could have a few of these on the board and you're talking about guided missiles for, yeah. for the most part.
1: I mean, uh, if which you nice. combine this with the the Fire Eagle in your list, you know, and you you put them both on the corners and you can just you know you know totally i disagree no
3: if you you have if you have
1: you think take two of these guys
3: i would totally yeah because the fire the fire eagle is is okay but their their breath weapon doesn't have a rate of attack of four they don't have
1: that's true so they're
3: not going to already topple your your defenses before they then throw four dice on top of you with brutal. Yeah. I mean, it's potential for you know a five hit on a boss that you've already disordered.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true.
2: Yeah. yeah. To, I mean, to me, to me, you bring the Thunderbird in as you put as hazard a
3: on him, So the attack that four maybe five hits are going to be lethal. No, yeah, lethal because he's already going to have hazard too. So now that hazardous lightning bolt, that's going to stun you again. So you're going to pick up stun after you, if you succeed in any of the dice rolls, which I I mean, it's going to be really difficult. You're already disordered. So you can only, (laughs) you gotta, you gotta save everyone. Yeah. And just the fire Eagle doesn't have that, you know, there's no force multiplier or I guess not force multiplier. There's no, Lethality multiplier for the fire equal. Okay. Stormbringer is the game changer. So yeah, if you have two two birdie models, dude, bring them both as you know the great Thunderbird because they're worth it. So
2: my question for you is this: the thing that gives me a little bit of of a pause. You've only got a limit of two, so you use Stormbringer, right? Stormbringer's not an actor what was
3: that stormbringer is an ability it doesn't count against your limit
2: oh you know what i saw that once per activation you spend an action point i'm thinking it's using up your limit oh never mind then because i'm like i'm like what if they quicken quicken the dead your attack then um okay so you could always uh follow it up if as long as you have the action points with a, a second attack
1: yeah yeah, you get that condition on them, they can't use quick and the dead, so they're kind of, you know, they're kind of...
2: Yeah, they're a mess now.
1: Yeah, they're kind of stuck. So you can cut their defensive, you know, down right away for for no limit, no, you know, it just, okay, I got an action point, I'll just do this.
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these are, these are kind of gross as... Uh brian would say (laughs) (laughs) and
1: and i think that's why all three of us at the same time when we talk about the big birds we're like oh yeah thunderbird thunderbird's gonna be number one support (laughs)
3: right well okay so the conversation when tom was like oh well you know the top two are thunderbird and the fire eagle and i was like no the thunderbird could be number one but fire eagle maybe four (laughs)
2: <laughs> well no and, and then when when we talked when we talked him through we were kind of like you know what we got to drop the big animals out for the most part because of like we talked like we talked about it's easy to get them off the board yeah um right. relatively relatively but the great thunderbird it's like yeah go, go ahead and take him off the board i already killed your boss <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> he did what he was meant to do
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much so uh, yeah they are just nasty, nasty little little big beasties yeah thunder chicken is is worth it
1: all right, well, that kind of sums up our the saloons top three for warrior Nation support. um We didn't really have any bridesmaids in this. But we kind of wanted to go over some of the support models because a lot of these units are really good for Warrior Nation for one reason or another. So we just wanted to go over them real
2: quick. Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, the Warrior Nation doesn't have any bad support units. No. You know, usually in most of the factions, you'd be like, "Yeah, oh, this thing is just not worth it. I don't think the Warrior Nation has anything where you just say, no, this is never worth it. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, it was, that's what made picking a top three a little more difficult is you can make an argument for just about any of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you could. It, it came down to like, okay, when you're building your posses, what do you want to do with it type thing? I mean, they support as a name is a perfect example for these guys. How are they going to support you? You know, it just depends what you right. want to do. So yep. let's see, let's go over them real quick. Sky Stallions. Um. Why would somebody want to pick these guys?
2: Because they're cool looking. I was just <laughs> gonna say the same thing. We're like, oh, but Tom always says everything just looks nice. <laughs> I got three of these. <laughs> Me too.
3: <laughs> I mean, they're 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 a good option. It's they're mobile. The Quick Eight is really nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're skirmishers, so they can. They can be spread out a little more than most units. You know, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, I, I think they have a really major flaw because in 1.09, they put special on their bow. Yeah. You know, I, I'll probably fight in 1.1 to get that removed because it it does undermine the, the reason to bring, you know, it's like the limit of two and they only get one shot, you know. So yeah. now they're move and shoot, move and shoot.
1: Yeah, this is I this is a similar problem that the uh, the Brutes have in Enlightened. They limit it right. to those guys are slow, but yeah, they have to move and shoot, move, shoot.
3: Type See, thing. The problem with the Warrior Nation, Warrior Nation does not have the ability to reactivate a unit that's already gone. But with the Brutes and most of your creations in the Enlightened, they have Dark Council throughout mm-hmm. their bosses and their some of their faces. So they have the ability, you know, for you to re energize those weapons that the, those undead have. It's like, cause they're all tainted. So they all can get targeted by their bosses to, to compel them to shoot again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And special doesn't count for that. Well, coordination doesn't have that. So they truly, it's just one shot around yeah. the, the top.
1: So if you, more or less, you want a mobile unit that can get around the board and, Claim objectives and just be a general nuisance. Sky stallions right. would be good,
3: and they just look cool doing it.
1: Yeah. All right, and then we got uh, spirit apparitions, some ghosts. You want to be spooky out there on the the board?
3: And they're just gross.
1: <laughs> now, these guys, these guys are only forty five points a model, so they're a cheap, you know, a, a nice cheap unit About to put the
3: three, out there. The unit? Yeah. Spirit Claws are, are great. They're tuned. Pierce 3, rate of attack 3. Uh, I mean, throwing 3 Pierce 3s is is really gross. And then they have a Breath Weapon, which is Stun, Torrent, and Gulp. Pierce 3, rate of attack 1 with a little crit displacement. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I like right. them. They're, they're good. Uh, I'm going to need they're, to buy a
2: bunch because I just bought the Soul Hunters and they can <laughs> yeah. work out. So, <laughs> they're, they're good but they're also just be aware they're very slow and they've all uh, and you they've got to get there they've got a range of base to base yeah so you know uh, other than that you know obviously you have that torrent but even to use that torrent you gotta get base to base so um, now you don't
3: have base to base it just doesn't oh, have a right. range because it uses the torrent template oh, any it, the template it. It. so you basically have to be You know, nine-ish inches because the template's nine inches long. So yeah, yeah, anything between you and the
2: end of the template all gets gets that uh, rate rate attack one (laughs) off. Yeah, that that stun and and that you know again it's Pierce three but it's rate attack one but those spear claws are the really nasty part. Yeah, to me. So, which is why they weren't in the top three.
3: so each critical success gives another free strike so you know roll them crits right yeah.
1: here yeah <laughs> that's what we say all the time <laughs> end of yeah, yeah. every
3: show <laughs> all
1: right what do we got we got some kanga brothers if you if you guys need some some shooty shoot
3: right so if you like if you like gats, you know this is how you can bring some in your coordination you can upgrade their armory they can bring some different weapons uh, they start with the crossbow at 40 points. But the crossbow is really good. It's lethal and carries special because it's it's yeah. deadly. 15 inch range, pierce three, with lethal and on a crit becomes fatal. Fatal.
1: So I think I would just upgrade them with the armory right away, and like you said, put gats on them. I like that these guys are skirmishers too, so you can yep. you know have up just to spread six, them just spread them out uh, so you can cover the a downside lot.
3: Downside is then you don't get your war paint. And the war paint's pretty nice for Warrior Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives a plus one grit when base to base with other friendly models with the rule. So you're probably gonna base to base the Kaga brothers. Yeah. You know, with because it's with model. So I think you're gonna keep these guys base to base with each other just so that you pick up that. makes it useful. Uh, it would be nice for Kaga War Paint to show up some other la- locations. Yeah. But,
1: kinda kinda like this, the next one. Tonga Firebringer? Yep. Well they got more um, paint there. Okay.
2: They do. They sure. pick it up. But it's got it's got those those linked uh Gatling guns, which is yeah. Yeah. For Gatling, Gatling, yeah.
1: Yeah, and these guys, like when you start the game, so they have dispersed deployment. So you can kinda of plop these guys twelve inches away from the enemies. They're gonna be tearing some stuff up fairly quick
2: yep you have to start 12 inches away and you have a 15 inch range so um yeah you just go to say well these guys are gonna go first um it really really nasty as, as we as we've said before gatling guns are uh one of the best things in in this game I, there's almost no reason to ever use the upgrades into the other weapons
1: yeah so yeah that basically would be the the main purpose with these guys to just so you can pin some people down. Let's see who else didn't we cover. Um, the great elk. Tommy, you were fighting for the great elk.
2: Oh, I just love the moose.
4: <laughs>
1: bullwinkle?
3: Yeah, so they add a, yeah. a sidekick, Bullwinkle. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the
2: squirrel. You know, if they come up with a squirrel, I'm totally playing moose and squirrel every time.
1: See, <laughs> so now, I... I, I I like the moose and i've used him a lot just he's expensive and 140 sometimes like i mentioned going through fairly you know deep into your your posse list granted he does have support so you just have to watch for that he has tough and unstoppable and i've had him blown off the board fairly quick
2: And, and that that's ultimately why he got dropped out when we were discussing this is that unlike, uh, the thunder chicken who can, you know, blast across the board, take out whoever it is you want dead. Yeah. It might die right back in return, but you can pretty much say I'm taking something off the board. Uh, a lot of times the great elk gets, it is just dead before it gets to do anything. Yeah. Um, and, and that was, you know, similar costs and everything, but it just doesn't have that um, you know, that mutually assured destruction piece that the Thunderbird has. Well, uh, right. Which so all the main would,
1: I mean, He's a melee that. monster, basically. He's
2: a melee monster with a
3: ROA of one. Yeah. So the, that's the biggest limitation. Is is he's supposed to be a melee threat, and yeah. he's just not. Right. So he's not going to take out any bosses with, with the weapon he's got. You know, he's not going to be able to wipe out a bunch of hands because he's only going to be able to take out one, maybe two models. Yeah. Uh, the, his breath weapon ends up being his most effective option.
1: Yeah. Because s- then
3: at least stun. he can take out a unit of hands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I, I'm like, hey, it's great as an intimidation factor, but then actually doing stuff.
1: And I think that's usually what's, stuff, that's what's happened to me. He
3: can't do anything because he doesn't have any ra- uh, rate of attack. Uh, his rate of attack is 1.
1: Yeah, he's hard. So, he's, uh,
3: limit of 2. Yeah. Death Dealer is an amazing ability. It's just Death Dealer doesn't really come into play because he's only got a rate of 1. Yeah, you know?
1: so he, He's hard to hide, but if you can get him into that melee, then he's, he's going to wreck some... Some, somebody's day, a face, you know
3: right so he can, he can his, his, his melee attack can come up to a three hit mm-hmm. but even then uh, just not enough I don't think yeah
2: well i it comes down to I think what we've talked about before, probably the best stat in this game is rate of attack, and if your rate yeah. of attack is one, then you're not that good
1: right all right, and then we got one last option for the support for the Warrior Nations and this is the Fire Chicken. Uh which we briefly talked about when we were talking about the Thunder Bird.
3: Yep. Yeah, he's he's good. He's got some stuff. Um mm-hmm. his razor claws is his 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 best option. His fire fire torrent, it's okay. It it just you know it just doesn't have the same impact as the uh um, lightning yeah. bolts.
1: I mean he's got some neat know? neat little abilities like death from above you know you can and one of his flights actually engaged with somebody and you can get a you know immediate fight action for one action
3: point Basically a flight charge
1: yeah yeah and then i mean he's similar to the thunderbird with elusive and hardy and he's got the flight or fight
3: he does pick up forceful strike which does make his razor claws a little bit better because it'll they'll jump from pierce 2 to 4 so that's pretty nice yeah
1: yeah and once again Beautiful model. <laughs>
3: yep. 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 All
1: right. Well, that's that's our look at top three support units for the Warrior Nation. If you guys want to comment on any of this, go ahead and send us an uh, email, and uh, we'd love to further discuss. Very good options there for Warrior Nation.
2: So, is the fire eagle now going to be known as barbecue chicken? <laughs>
1: so gotta leave that in all right let's get out of this top three well guys we're wrapping it up here we're getting close to the end and this is the part where we like to go on our news and new releases and stuff but uh amid our times we we still have some weird things going on and we really don't have a lot of new news other than uh just today at time of recording they officially canceled gen con so that's going to be some big big uh crying eyes for a lot of people that's weird you know that this year's turning into the no con year hopefully uh we Still have the chance of packs, though, right, Tom? Uh,
2: it's late enough in the year that they it hasn't been canceled yet. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, I forget offhand whether it's the weekend before or after Thanksgiving, but it's one of those weekends. So uh, very late in the year, may, there's a chance maybe it'll thing. still happen. Is it after? I think so. Yeah.
1: We'll keep our so, fingers crossed.
2: Yeah, it'd be nice to get something in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then uh, for new releases, they had the, for Mythos, Path of Chrono Kron- Zone. Uh, and uh, there is a new pre-order up for Mythos with the Wildborn. But since that was really the only news there was that we can really kind of go into, uh, we thought we'd do something a little bit different. And being that we're theming the show for Warrior Nation, we're going to jump right into some terrain talk it <laughs> gives some people some ideas about uh building out a warrior nation board
2: yeah so we'll talk about you know native uh themed terrain
1: yeah yeah something oh. more more than just like what desert and uh your town atmosphere but uh we're gonna...
3: right so a lot of warrior nation boards end up just being the trees of rock.
1: Yeah, rocks, trees, right.
3: you know, brush, you know, maybe a little, what, little
2: creek. One of the things I, I find amazing about that is we all always, th- you know, think mesas, deserts, whatever. And it's like th- these people were in the woods and in the fields and, and the plains <laughs> and the, you know, you had, you know, the Inuits up, you know, up north in, in the Arctic and the the actual... Uh, environment that you can put these guys in So forget about the, uh, the terrain for a second the, the specific terrain but you can have a wooded board. you could have rolling planes. you could have all sorts of other types of things yet somehow they always just end up on these desert boards
4: yeah
2: And you have to remember that in
3: the theme of westerns, a lot of Western movies and and even this game, Ends up being New Mexico, Arizona locale.
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't. So, we don't.
3: deserty brush esque is kind of the go-to because that's what we see in the movies. Because a lot of the movies are filmed over there, right? Yeah. Uh, not realizing that most Texas, I mean, has every environment from desert to hills to mountains to Deep forests to grasslands. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, so if you think of your idea of where you're going to be playing your games, your board literally could be any environment. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma is lots of, you know, Kansas. Kansas is the same. Uh, Colorado, you've got desert, you've got grasslands, you've got hills, you've got mountains, you've got snow, you've got, you know,
1: I think something that options, you know? we don't usually see purple. on boards is is rivers and stuff, too.
3: Yep. You go further north, and then you're in the deep, you know, like Deadwood, if you wanted to do a Deadwood board. Now you're talking about dark trees, large trees, mm-hmm. you know, yep. rocks, rock out. Rock. Canyon, yeah. canyons and stuff.
1: Yeah, yep. yeah you so, don't see a lot of canyons.
3: Um, uh, for your nation, obviously, there's been a merger of all the tribes, and mm-hmm. so you have this combination of the the tools and the you know basically their technology they they group together so you have like the new england you know tribes now have come down right because obviously the big push uh, of civilization pushed them into the into the west so the actual structures they would build would be perfectly fine in a board Mm -hmm. in the west now right even though most of the tribes in the West became nomadic, right? So everything was easily taken down, stored on horses, dragged, and then rebuilt. So that's when, you know, the, the traditional teepee was not a widespread way of housing of little Indian
1: villages. Yeah, yeah.
3: much more dug-in homes. There were much more, what did you call them, uh, Tom? You were talking about the. The longhouses. The longhouses. Uh, what is it? Like the dome? Oh, like a yurt. It's not a yurt. They called it something else. I just can't remember the name for it. Uh, but it was basically, you took the sapling trees and you would bend them around down into a dome. And then you okay. would be, you know, yeah. sapling trees because they're more pliable and you would just weave around and make it, it would be a round dome, but it would be semi-permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus like the teepee was basically hide stretched over poles and then it was designed to come down quickly so if they decided they needed to follow the herd they would just take it all down and
4: move yeah
3: so yeah. so the the terrain piece which i i'm gonna pitch is is teepees right yeah so uh they're fairly easy the hardest part is making sure you have a pattern for the what you use to design the actual stretch skin of of what your outside of your teepee is. What, I, what I've what i used is you need know, a paper towel or if you want something a little sturdier, get baby wipes, which squeeze out all the whatever liquid and le- lotion they put in them, <laughs> you know, for for the baby rear. Baby squeeze all that out and then make a, a PVA glue and water mixture and soak it in that. Then build your your pole structure and you, you can use dowels. You can use any other material that you have. You can actually go out, out in the back and grab some skewers, some switches, you know, that you may Sl- have used already yeah. for kids. Or,
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh,
3: little, little twigs and design <laughs> your, you know, basically your, your, uh, cone. So make a cone like shape on the, uh, you know, whatever base you're going to use. You can actually use the war cradle, you know, like extra large base mm-hmm. or the extra, extra large base, whatever, or just a piece of cardboard. You can use some, uh, I think someone used, uh, you can use a, like you got any old X ex, extra compact discs or.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, paint those, put the gravel on it and then glue your <laughs> sticks or your rods. <laughs> then you take your template, which is, uh, you know, that you can get them online. You can find a little TP template, and cut the shape out of your wet wipe and then just stretch it over the thing. Well, the PVA and water mixture will harden as it dries. So once you stretch it over, you know, just you know, hold it hold it while it starts to dry. It should stick a little because of the PVA glue. If it's not because it's too wet, just add more PVA glue on the on the where you've overlapped the uh, edges of the the wipe and then as it hardens, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, then you can cut the hole where you you know the Indians come in and out, or you just leave it solid and then paint the exterior, yeah, like leather, like fabric, linen, whatever, and then you can do whatever treatment of decorations around the outside, and there you got it.
1: Hey, make a little temporary village, basically, All right. I think you right. date you're dating us, Brian. Are you talking about CDs? I bet you there's a lot of people out there listening that don't know what a CD is.
2: <laughs> it's kind of like a Blu-ray, but cheesier. cheaper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Tommy, what were uh, you were were you thinking to that you can slap down on so, a board
2: uh, somewhere along the same lines as what Brian did uh, in a structure reason he brought that up is we talked about I'm from the northeast what we had around here were the Manapé Indians and they were known for building longhouses they could be 18 20 30 40 feet long they would they would house you know uh, multiple families inside these things they were very dark inside they there there was not a lot of access to them there would usually be a door on one end on either end and then on the really really long ones they might have a side door in them basically what they looked like were square sided it was big rectangles with a rounded roof uh and how they were built was they put poles in the ground they actually uh put posts in the ground and they wove long strips of bark in between them, and it basically formed uh, something that was very similar to um, like cedar plank siding type of a, a look. You'd get that sort of kind of a, an effect, except it's actually woven in between all these poles. So you could do the same thing if you wanted to build one of these. Uh, like Brian had said, go out in your yard, start you know getting some twigs together. To start setting them up. You know, I would think the easiest way to do it is you poke them into a little piece of foam, keeps them upright. Then you can just start weaving. Get some uh, uh, like card, cut that into strips. That simulates your bark, and you start weaving it in between. And you build up the walls just weaving this this bark in between. Obviously, you alternate, you know, the over under on each one. That's you know, like weaving a basket. Yeah, Uh, And you do that all the way through. You get some little more springy twigs to bend over the top of the roof, but it's still built the same way. You just keep weaving everything in between. You leave a little hole, depending on the length of it, possibly more than one at the top, because they would have fires, smoke holes in Mm -hmm. the top, that they would come out, come up. And you don't need a lot of access to it, because that was, you know, the missionaries used to report on these and say you'd go in there and there would be these big, long, dark houses because they didn't have, you know, lamps. (laughs) Back then, you know, you'd have a fire pit and that's it. That was your source of light in there. And now you have a more permanent structure uh, that they actually made villages out of these things. and They er, um, erected barricade walls around them, you know, like you would think, you know, colonial settlers would use. Well, the, the natives used those too because you'd have these nice palisade Walls around their little longhouse villages, uh, so you could put together something there. It's a little more involved than putting a teepee together, but you have a very nice permanent structure now mm-hmm. that you could use, and it would be very appropriate for more of a, a northeast coming down through maybe the Ohio uh, River valleys and stuff, you know, and through Pennsylvania, New Jersey. That's the kind of structures that they used there. So, uh, but because
3: I, they were forced to migrate west. It would not be wrong to use those structures literally anywhere in Wawa Texas because the the you know the Indians all had to move and since they all came together if they're going to have a permanent village they wouldn't use just teepees they would
1: yeah something to house large numbers
3: that, yeah so they, yep. this is something that totally would be anywhere in uh, Warrior Nation lands because those those Indians over there they they've moved. They've since joined the big you know, Great Spirit war- uh, Army. Yeah. And will have been relocated to where the rest of the nation yep. are
2: And and the materials would be common pretty much anywhere. Right. Maybe not in the desert but pretty much anywhere that's not desert you'd have <laughs> access to those materials.
4: Yep.
1: Alright. Mine my idea I, I had wasn't so much about like the actual structures and stuff but uh, A a little more similar to something that you would maybe call scatter terrain that could be around these, you know, the teepees or, you know, these, these big buildings. And that was just a a common canoe. You know, if you're going to do something that's close to the rivers and stuff, and actually it doesn't even have to have a river on, on the board itself, but just give that hint of, uh, maybe there's one nearby or a lake nearby and a, a canoe you know, you could build that pretty simple with like, uh, with the popsicle sticks or, you know, the doll rods and you just, you know, you, you form the shape of the canoes with that and then just skin it with chipboard or actually I like, I like the, the paper towel method or even the cheesecloth method. Cause then it'll give that, that simulation of, uh, like a, a skinned you know, the skid, skinned wood frame with like, it could be animal hide or it could be, you know, the skins of bark. And a lot of it to, to kind of show that that material off it would be in the painting. You know, you use a lot of like uh, washes and stuff like that. And, I mean, you can design a, a simple rack with the, the same kind of doll rods that the, the canoes could either be resting up on. Or if you did actually do something that had a river or a lake, you know you can put them by the shoreline. It, it's just something to give that that personality, uh, you know, that hint of life for for the board for the warrior nation. That you know this 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 is a community that's going to go out in these and fish and hunt and and not just your straight up trees and bushes and you know rocks that you would normally see, but it just adds a little bit more of a personality to to the scene so but yeah that was my idea and i i mean it's you can have as many as you want all, all these ideas i think would be quick easy type projects for a board and you can have fun with it you know you can do not just paint them brown and tans and stuff like that but you could get a little more decorative you can you know add some some striping on them blue striping or you know try to show a hint of uh, tribal colors and whatnot on it. So I, I think you'd have a lot of fun with this.
2: Yeah, I, I think that definitely. I, I, scatter Train makes, really makes a lot of these boards. So I, I think that putting together any, any type of board, regardless of whether it's Warrior Nation or something else, putting that scatter in kind of gives the board life. Yeah. You know, you have some yeah. buildings there and they, they, it, it, you know, it looks like abandoned buildings. You start putting in all the scatter and stuff. Uh, it really makes the boards interesting. And in addition to obviously giving you cover and mm-hmm. the game benefits, just the, when you look at something, the scatter is, is what makes something look lived in and worked in and really gives, uh, like I said, a lot of life to a board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like with your guys' examples, you could put these by those, the huts and teepees and stuff like that. And it's like, that's their, their park and their canoe you know, on the side <laughs> of the house.
3: <laughs> Another neat, quick scatter terrain would be, you know, a leatherworking drying rack, you know, mm-hmm. where all you have to do is use, use the same material you built your teepee from, cut out a little animal shaped skin out of the wet wipe and attach it to a just a little little square
1: yeah some kind of frame know,
3: that's propped up and there you go you have got a, a stretch skin and it block line of sight yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that definitely would block line of sight but it, <laughs> like tom said it it adds to that you know that story of right. there's people living here and working here and it, it's not just buildings all
3: right you got some fish, hang some fish off of mm-hmm. a, a smoke rack, you
2: know, So what, like 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 the variety pack of Swedish fish, <laughs> put, a, put a string put a string through them. <laughs> I would recommend actual candy
3: um, because.
1: So after the battle, you can eat yeah. it. <laughs>
3: So I guess if you attract ants to your board, I mean, you can use that as uh, more. uh, Well, then it
1: turns into a 1950s sci-fi movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think uh, we can go ahead and wrap up this, this episode for everybody. A little bit of a terrain talk instead of some news and going over different cons and stuff like that for you guys, since we kind of wanted to make the whole show very Warrior Nation-themed. And uh, let us know what you guys think about doing this approach with the show. It was something different, but we figured it would be fun for us to do and for you guys to listen to, uh, especially if you're in the Warrior Nation. Us talking about Warrior Nation for the whole show, wow.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, you sometimes we've i've seen things over the past year year and a half where people are asking about specific uh factions mm-hmm. and, and what to do with them and we kind of talked about it early on and said you know we didn't we didn't want to do just a uh this is the faction and these are the guys and let's blah 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 yeah um yeah, yeah i i think doing it this way we do give uh, – we can highlight certain factions and certain parts of them that we find uh, interesting without actually full-blown breaking down uh, yeah. a particular faction, which can get kind of old.
1: Yeah. It, it gets dry after a while, us talking about stats and and strategy. I mean, we give you a little bit of that, but kind of with our twist and take on it. <laughs>
3: Exactly. But if you have a faction you want us to to do something similar with uh, that than we did with this episode, go ahead and pitch it to us.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
3: may swing. We'll go
1: ahead uh, and the baseball. there's <laughs> baseball. Yeah. If you guys have any questions or suggestions for us, as always go ahead and email us at uh, blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. Or, you know, you can find us on the Dark Council or uh, our Facebook page. Send us a message there. We're always lurking on those Facebook places and uh, trying to participate in the conversations. Other places you guys can find us at is on Twitter and Instagram. We do have a YouTube channel. You can check out some of the unboxing videos I've put up there. Uh, we have Brian and Tom did have a rather cool painting tutorial that they're planning to do another one. Uh, we just, we're just doing some planning, uh, the, trying to decide what to paint and whatnot. Other than that, I, I think that's about it. You guys got anything else you want to add for the end of the show?
2: I got nothing. Uh, roll, roll crits and stuff. I was, late for, I
1: was waiting for Tom to just say no.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not a it's not a wrap until I yeehaw. So yeehaw! Keep <laughs> out.
1: All right, guys. Remember to always ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits. This is Eric saying, take it easy. and you, you got a yeehaw from Brian. Tom, take us out.
2: Bye, everyone. Bye! <laughs> y'all come back now, here.
1: I don't know if that was a very good bye. I didn't get high enough.
0: <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interwebs and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com. You can also find us on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Music for the podcast was provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit... Ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits.
1: what, nine, ten pieces for one dude? Oh my god.
3: Yeah. yeah. It, because, it, like... because one, it, it made the details even better, the way that they built the models. I mean, I, I appreciated how they, you know, all the detail of all the little electronics and stuff was why it was all those multi pieces, but I, I appreciated it. Hey, these are going to be extremely detailed, and that's why. Because they, they made every angle that had the electronic details was a new part and you had to insert it into stuff. I thought they were really cool. I enjoyed it.
2: I, 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 I appreciate the power and majesty behind a buck and Bronco. I don't want to get kicked in the nuts by one.
3: <laughs> well, send, send them over if you want me to do them for you. <laughs> Man.
2: What? Get kicked in the nuts. <laughs> no, build your, build your plastic models.
3: If, you're, if, if, if they're too hard. I'm
2: I'm I'm doing it. Brian's gonna end up building everything I own. <laughs> Everything's too. I might, I might hard. mail it back. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's too hard.
3: <laughs> so you know we discussed the narrative and why we mentioned both of the cards, but we separate them by talking about with Casancy. So it's kind of like a. It's not really a three-way showdown, but it does let everyone know. It's like, dude, you have two options.
1: Yeah, when with walks.
3: A warrior nation walks. You can play her as the boss who has a theme, or you can play her as the face, and then you can up uh, under boss or up to a boss if you really want to use her as a boss. We, we
2: could have the make. We could make them have a three-way. That would be. Oh my gosh! But what?
1: I'm <laughs> not put. I'm not we've putting got, that one got, in the outtake.
2: We've we've got bush rangers hunting taint and, and oh my god but this is too much oh my god
4: <laughs>
1: i suppose during that you're gonna be going Woo! <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey they did it in roger rabbit i don't see what, what's wrong with it now <laughs> oh jeez oh boy I'm going
1: to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to end the segment somehow. Here, all right, let's get out of this top three. Done, done,
2: <laughs> done. All right.
1: I can't drop my mic because we still got to record.
2: <laughs> we need. We we need like oh. some tap dancing or something.
1: Da 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 da
2: Have uh, Gregory Hines doing the. The flim-flam, the, the shim-sham, or whatever it was from uh, History of the World Part 1. <laughs>
4: yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, that, that movie cracks me up. My favorite scene part of that whole movie is when they're trying to, I don't know what, they're trying to sneak around or something, and they're in the Senate. He's like, quick, act like a senator. And he's like, bullshit, 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 bullshit. <laughs>
2: Oh, you're a professional philosopher. (laughs) I
4: love that.